0: Hello and welcome to the Peruvian Waltz. Uh, My name is Michael Rice. I hope you've all had a fantastic Christmas. I'm here with Renato uh, Vilches. Renato, how are you doing? How was your Christmas? I was alright.
1: Just. Gifts and all, I mean, the mini Thanksgiving, if you can call it that. But now that the Christmas is over, we're about to be entering the end of the 2021, and soon in of this recording in a couple of days it's going to be 2022, which a uh, New Year's uh, is up ahead, and we're going to be talking about some events that are set to happen in Purdue Football with qualifiers, and also like on the upcoming friendlies and we're going to be digging into some club news. So I can't wait for it.
0: Yeah. Excellent. It's like, like you say, yeah, uh, they, um, the uh, World Cup qualifiers um, start up again on the 28th of January. Is um, We go to Colombia and then home to Ecuador on the 1st of February. Um, but we've got the, the friendlies have been arranged. Um, it's Panama and Jamaica on the 16th and the 20th. Um, and Gureka has um, released his team news today for the um, call-ups coming from the Peruvian leagues. So these are just the players domestically based. And... Um, But a couple of new names have been um, added, both um, Sporting Cristal players. Um, So we've got uh, Jesus Castillo and Gianfranco Chavez have been brought into the squad. Um, Renata, how do you feel about those two coming straight uh, straight in, especially uh, Jesus Castillo on his bit of a breakout season for him and Gianfranco Chavez back from injury and just working his way back up?
1: It's great news, I mean... Happy to know that John Franco Chavez, after so long of waiting for a call up to the Peru national team, has finally happened. I honestly thought John Franco Chavez should have been called up last year because I thought he was on a great form. To be honest, this year wasn't really his best year after coming from a big injury that took him out of three months. And you can notice, you saw that his form just wasn't the same anymore. But even then, I think. It's safe to say that a fully fit slash focused John Franco Chavez is possibly the best center back you have in the local league. And you definitely saw like John Franco Chavez back to his normal like form during like the final matches of Liga One. As for Jesus Castillo, I absolutely deserved. I think that ever since Martin Thomas got was injured, Jesus Castillo has stepped up for 43 Stan. We even saw how how I went out in the final where I feel like he was one of the best performers in that final, even despite we losing, but I'm happy for both of them. And I do think that because looking at a future where the midfield might need some, some like rebooting, because at some point Dapia is not going to be getting any, even though Dapia is 2025, at some point you maybe want to look for his, like his quote unquote successor. And you might need to look for younger players. So I, Great to see that Garek is giving a chance to someone young.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like like you say, with um, Castilla and obviously Tavares is um, coming back from injury, so he's unavailable. No, like we say... Um, we have Tapia in um, the centre of, of midfield. Um, alongside him, quite often, uh, Yotun, who's again in his 30s and looking to refresh him up. Is Castillo or um, Tavara the sort of person who could easily step into one of those roles, do you think, I think? Or um, does one jump out to you more alongside Tapia?
1: Well, the way I see it with Jesus Castillo, I feel like Castillo is more of a defensive-minded midfielder where you see him... A lot of more of Renato Tapia in him than, let's just say, Yoshimar Yotun. To be honest, I do feel Martin Davido would be more suited to be a more of a Yotun-like player. But another player that I could see eventually, even though he's not in the call-up list, who can eventually make it to be quote-unquote Yotun's successor is possibly Jordan Givin, who recently is has earned a move to Mexican football in the second division with Celia. But... I do think that if he does move to Liga case I mean, at some point maybe perhaps he can get himself a call up to the senior national team which I hope happens because if we I saw a lot of good great quality in giving in Sanciano and San Martin I hope he demonstrates that quickly in Mexico so he can be called up sooner
0: Yeah i completely agree I think it's going to be a big loss for Sanciano this season um and difficult to replace um especially the way he can move the ball between midfield and attack His his passing vision is is very very good um so looking at the looking at the call-ups that he's made now we see like the one the players playing abroad we're expecting sort of usual faces to arrive um and with just the the two new players um being called up there's plenty of others um that it's worth worth talking about why they may not have been included i think it all depends on how you look at the the, the reason for these friendlies. Um, they're probably more of a building up to the Colombia and um, Ecuador game rather than experimenting, which is why maybe there's not too many new faces in there. Um, but for you, um, Renato, if you give me um, someone first, do you think maybe maybe deserves the call up or is unlucky not to um, not to be included? I think the
1: name that everyone will be possibly be wishing that he was called up, it would have to be Percy Lisa. It's quite unfortunate that Lisa wasn't in the call, plus he's played a great, great season, especially in the second half of this year, where he scored like six goals and I believe five assists he took. But I do think the reason why he wasn't called up, because there's been a lot of speculation amid of his future, that he may be leaving for European football. I believe he's been linked to a move to Anderlich in Belgium, which is hopefully maybe he goes in. I hope he does quite well. So hopefully it works out. I think another player that's quite unlucky to miss out is also um, Luis Severico, who also had a great season this year. In the, this case, with Melgar, scoring 14 goals throughout all competitions. Or finally seeing how Eberico was highly rated in the U, Peru U teams, but on also like you could definitely see him being an option, not just a as a left winger, potentially as a center forward because Eberico shows to me he shows a lot of more mobility and efficiency when he's playing on the front.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean he's a he's definitely one of the that we we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll start to see soon, especially with the depth may on that left wing as well um quaver um carrillo and Lapadula have been a, a fantastic trio um with the we all three fit they're the um they're the starters each time it's not like they're being challenged too too much at the moment um but having someone like iberico in there does give give more options when they're in that in that sort of area and we've like you say with uh, Percy Lisa um as well, maybe th- maybe the timing's not right for him. Um Alex Valera is in there, um uh, like we said, we'll start. Um Jefferson Farfan is um is is still going. Um he's been an incredible player for Peru. But do you think the next call ups maybe we'll start to see um a, a toss up between Lisa and Farfan? Or do you think Farfan's still got a little bit more to give?
1: I mean to be honest if you the problem with Jefferson Farfan has had as great of a player he is. Really, he's, his physical problems have not been helping him out. It's a shame because when you see Farfan play for Alianza, you definitely see that he has a lot of magic in him. But the problem is that his knee is just broken as glass. If his knee gets hurt, it's over for him. And he's trying to be careful of that. But I do think the reason why Gareka calls him up is because Farfan... Has that one advantage of having a lot of hierarchy and and that experience in the team, and keep in mind, Farfan has been playing for Peru since two thousand and four. That's almost about to be a decade, so oh, two decades actually, if correct uh, to correct. So, Farfan is like has like a voice in the team where he can like show all the new people who are new to the national team everything what is, and I hope that he. If Lisa were to be called up in the future, that he can be a great mentor to him because Parfan has that leadership skills.
0: Yeah, completely. I think yeah, I agree with you on that. Him and um Guerrero um has always it's always going to be very difficult to to see them left out, um either one of them now, um, just because of the sheer presence they have amongst the team. Not so much for that starting lineup, isn't it? Um, but so looking at the look at these options now do you um we I, you're not um perceiving any changes in the way we're playing we're not per- perceiving anything too big a shake up uh, shake up um for these uh, friendlies do you think he'll um Greco will go with what he's the tried and tested just to get players back in the rhythm
1: well i mean we also have to keep in mind that Gareka is also planning to call up some of the main national team players such as yotun peña um also some of most of those are also active in mls because mls even, has already ended for its current season and mls probably will not resume until of um, april 2022 so players like alexander Gaines, marcos lopez will n- will not have club action for a while so and considering that we're going to be playing qualifiers in the end of january or early february you hope that these friendlies can help get pl- got like players like Ayessi and Lopez and Kaius back into shape because they need match fitness. So I do expect them to start. But at the same time, I also think this is a perfect opportunity for Gadeka to see see like, what players can he try out? Because at some point you're going to have to find alternatives in the team. Like you can't always stick with the same like people all the time. You know, so, I can definitely see possibly. I don't think there's not much competition in the right wing for, the friendlies so I can definitely see Oxling Mora get a start maybe perhaps Jesus Castillo or Josemir Bayon starting with Yotun one of those friendlies and maybe even though I do expect Corso to start in the, the friendlies I do also think Gilmar Lora deserves a shot to start because I do think that Gilmar Lora is touted to be the successor of Ervincula and for him to be that way, you need to give him more experience with the in a Peru shirt. If not, you probably have more a little shaky performance like he did against Argentina, which were to be honest, he was kind of throw into the deep end instantly, but with more experience, he'll get better.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean there's there's not many um there's not many sides um, in South America that you can be thrown in against that would be uh, much tougher than going in a right back in against Argentina so. as <laughs> well. Yeah, so we're looking at the, at the 16th and the 20th of January, those friendlies. Um, we'll, we'll wait on Gareka's um, call-ups for the um, international players um, coming back in to see how that those squads look for that game. Um, but like you say, he's looking at other um, other areas of those pitches will be the players um, who are going to be suspended for that Colombia game as well. So players like Marcus Lopez may get a little bit more extra time than maybe um uh, he would have done um with um trauco being suspended for this colombia match is that right
1: yeah that's also another thing you got to consider as well suspensions are happening for the colombia match the most notable that's going to be happening is no miguel trauco so and also no advincula so you basically two of your starting fullbacks are going to be out for the colombia game so I do expect Alucorso to start, but who knows, maybe there's going to be an instance, maybe hopefully God knows what happens, that Alucorso could be injured, and Gilmar lora has to be next in line to take over, and you also got to give match fitness to Marcos Lopez, because as I said before, he's going to be coming in without any match fitness, as MLS is now currently inactive, and he needs to play, so that's the best part about the friendlies, you can give him the match fitness that he needs.
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, we'll um, keep you posted all on um, when the call ups come through for the rest of the group. Um, we're moving on from the national team. We'll look have a little look at some of the latest transfers coming through in um, in the Peruvian leagues, uh, and I think one of the biggest talking points at the moment i think it's fair to say it's Sporting Cristal um a couple of new signings have come in after a bit of a slow slow start um to the um to the business um over there and the very contrasting signings of um Pacheco and Mosquera um so renato is a cristal fan how are you how have you um, felt about the news of these players coming in
1: well i mean it's been mixed Bang to say the most. I think I believe last podcast I already gave you my thoughts on Leander Sosa. I think he's gonna be a great signing for the club eventually, which I don't think he'll become an instant success, but I do think he'll he'll make his way eventually like Jorge Casulo. Where we all know how his story went out. Um, first on for on Jairo Mosquera. To be honest, it's a signing that has really gained a lot of polarizing responses from Cristal fans and I say more on the negative side because considering how much of a disappointment Marcos Riquelme was you would think that Cristal would try to aim a little higher than let's just say getting a player from the Bolivian League which you you did that with Riquelme but that didn't really work out you'd think maybe you could try to get someone maybe with who's recently being scored highly in a in Libertadores or South Sudamericana or even bringing back in Manuel Herrera. But this time, Sporting Cristal are going to do it, try to bet on the Bolivian market again by bringing Colombian Jairo Mosquera. That honestly, I just don't know how to think of it because you got to think that Jairo Mosquera's numbers are worse than Marcos Riquelme's in Bolivia. And arguably, you consider Jairo Mosquera to be the inferior player because I've seen Jairo Mosquera play. He's not really good, he's not fast. He's not really the most physically like, fit player. I see think I do see a lot of him being overweight. And that can really definitely play against him if he's gonna be playing in Peru. Because if Percy Prado couldn't cut it at Cristal, then I definitely do not think Haido Mosquera will be able to in dealing with the physical demanding. But even then, I also saw a lot of some errors from Haider Mosquera. And some of those errors were laughable to say the the most. But at the same time, I don't also want to be like too negative on him. And I do think I have to support the guy. I mean, the last thing you need is to him. Like, this just come to Cristal. Like, where, oh, there's a lot of negative press from him just not feeling motivated. And I hope he proves me wrong. And I hope maybe that he becomes the goal scorer that everyone really at Cristal, born at Cristal hopes for. And the good thing is that. Roberto Mosqueda knows a player because I do believe that Roberto Mosqueda actually coached hydro Mosqueda at his time during Royal Body, And at that time, Mosqueda, the player, was scoring quite well in that, in that time. I believe he was I'm correct. I don't know if I'm right or not. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm wrong. But I do think Heider Mosqueda was a player for, for a Royal Body, or I think Wilsterman or something that got Mosqueda, like, I think, closer to the Libertadores, like, stage or sudamerican I, I think they were in the semifinals or quarterfinals but he's got some history with the players so that's a good thing but it's gonna be a way to see him i almost get up as for fernando pacheco i'm honestly happy he's, he's coming back to cristal in fact he's already been training with the team already um after coming back from brazilian football which was a mixed bag for him where he was on and off playing at Fluminense and he really didn't play much at Juventud now that he's coming back to Cristal. And he was begging to come back to the club. Like, he, if he wanted redemption, Sporting Cristal was the place because he knows the club very quite well and he needs somewhere where he can play. And you hope playing in Brazil has hopefully improved his abilities. And you definitely hope that Roberto Mosquera can upgrade to him to improve him because we all know the high potential Fernando Pacheco has, but it, that all depends if he wants to go for it. And I just hope it works out for him in Liga 1 and also Libertadores. And also one more thing, even though we didn't list him, um, Sporting Cristal have signed Juan Sanchez Rosales, an independent de Valle Academy product, 2003 player who can play as a defensive midfield, but also as a number 10 the And number eight, so he has also been highly rated at the by Ecuadorian press and has also been receiving trials at Flamengo and Fluminense. So quite a player that we can definitely be seeing soon. Hopefully, I do think he's going to be used for the first team, but I do think he could be used with the Suvente team that's set to play in Libertadores Suvente in February. So we'll see where it goes from him.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously some of, this, um, couple of the signings there, a lot of promise for the future. I think um, some of the things as well that may con- concern some of the more vocal um, Sporting Cristal fans around the Mosquera signing is taking up that international place, as well as if um, Hickey may well be a backup to Percy Lisa if, if he stays, but if Lisa goes, if he's your only player up front, then... There could be there could be concerns around that, I guess. Um that might be the main main thing that's really um kicking up this uh division um between the fans and the and the um and the club at the moment over that signing. Um
1: yeah, the, the relationship between the fans and inova slash the Cristal board has is to say the least at an all time low, which is not really the most ideal going into the new season, but we'll see how it goes.
0: Going, um, moving away from Lima, I think one of the uh, one of the sides making some big changes really around the club is uh, Cusco. After a a bit of a terrible season last year, Um, one of the more uh, interesting teams to watch for the neutral. I think they had the one of the higher, the second or third most goals scored, but the most goals conceded by the end of the season. Um, Just about. Um, avoiding relegation, um, they've spent big um, signing players, especially um, from uh, rivals Cinciano, um has come into the midfield there. They've brought in um, Felipe Rodriguez from Manucci, um, a number of other players. How are you? Um, how are you seeing Cusco's um, um, potential for next season? Can they be back up com- competing for um, like Sudamericana positions? Or
1: yeah, I mean. The thing with Gusco is that this year was absolutely horrible for them to the point of nearly getting relegated. And even as you said, it was unbelievable that they had a lot of goal scores, yet the most goals conceded because that defense was absolutely horrifying to watch. Mm-hmm. But they got two big names for the upcoming season, as you both, as you already mentioned, Ariel Ariasa, who It's basically doing a a Luis Figo move by going to the other rival from Cenciano to Cusco FC, and let me just say that Cusco FC must have that rich owner money must make a huge difference to attract a rival player. But Arias, I think, is going to be a great signing for the club. It's something that they Cusco absolutely needs with a mix of midfield. Um. Of creative midfield work and also defensive, what you get, what you get with Ariasa, but also the big signing is Felucho Rodriguez, arguably one of the best foreigners in the league this year. I think he already scored, I like think, thirteen goals with Manucci this year, and they finally got an upgrade on the left wing. I also do think that Cusco upgraded the defense, so you can hope for them that. They will be in a better position to possibly fight for a Sudamericana spot. Or if they want, they can fight for a Libertadores spot. I just think Marcelo Hironi needs to see what he can do to not avoid another horrifying year. Because they were close to getting relegated. And it would have been weird to see how clean with rich owners be in Liga 2. I can't really say the same thing with Senciano, really, because they're losing Raciel Garcia. Jordan Givini and Juan Romagnoli, but they're also signing some good players as well. Well, I think they're signed, they just signed a player from Argentina. I think his name is Ibanias or something, but he was scoring goals in the Argentina first division. So that should definitely work. I also know they're upgrading their back line. They also brought in Jose Estrada, one of the more underrated right backs and right backs in the league. So definitely something to look forward to. I do think the Cusco Derby is gonna is cooking up well.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, it looks like um, both sides doing what they can to help um, in different <laughs> in different circumstances. Obviously, Cenciano in the Sudamericana this season having to completely, almost completely, rechange their side. Cusco wanting to rechange their side because of such a terrible season. So, be a lot of pressure um, on both sides. I think going into um, going into the new season, and um, going up from um, going up from Cusco up to Trujillo, um, uh, Manucci have brought in a few extra players to try and. Getting themselves um pushing up higher again. Obviously, missed out on the um Sudamericana spots. So I think by just a point uh, in the end of uh in the end of the league. i have to double check that. But they've been making some signings. We see Alexander Lacaros is um back from Brazil. Um they brought in on loan uh Jose, Jose Inga from Cristal Christown to that midfield where they seem to have a new central defensive partnership. Uh, John Navarez um from Tolima and Ecuadorian sent the back, uh, had spent some time at Melgar before and Luis a uh, Bolivian international from Puebla uh, looks to be a new central defense um, partnership for the next season. How do you see, um, how do you see things up in Trujillo going as um, Cesar Vallejo going to be the strongest side once again, or do you think Minucci can add a little bit extra to this season?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, the Trujillo clubs are really cooking up for the upcoming season. First let me just give Saransson on Useve. I think the most notable sign they had made this year was the Carlos Asquez, which is a player that generates a lot of polarizing reception in Peru. It's either you really love him or you absolutely hate him. But the guy can get you the job well done. He's got his credibility with his history in the national team. Even though they lost Christian Ramos, they also are keeping um, Renzo Garces, and they do, I be, they also brought in Carlos Cabello, and they also, I think it's Eric Lobator, Cabello, but they also, I believe that Chama wants to make use of Eric Morillo for the upcoming season, because I think Gato Cuba has already left the team at this point, which he was playing as the right wing back, so I hope to see Eric Morillo play more this year, because in 2020, he was honestly at a revelation status, so. Let's just hope. Um, as for Manucci, yeah, they're trying to pull a Cusco FC by trying to revamp the squad. Um, Lecaros is possibly one of the most notable signings after a really mad time in Brazil, but we all know what Lecaros can do through his time in Cusco. I also can't wait to see him in Raleigh Fernandez connect in the wings. Um, they got some too good... Def- really good defensive like reinforcements especially Luis Joaquin who's actually a seleccionado for Bolivia and he actually was actually to move to Sporting Cristal but instead he's moving to Manucci so kudos to Manucci for getting a a main seleccionado to play for their team and also Jose Inga who is coming from San Martin which is one of the more None of the players of San Martin despite a horrid 2021 season. He was possibly one of the more interesting players. And I think he replaced giving quite well. in San Martin, I do think that he could possibly have a Given like season season, but this time at Caros Manucci. So hopefully it works out for him.
0: Yeah, definitely. One I guess one last player we can um so I'll have a quick discussion about um who we don't seem to know where he'll end up is uh yuri alcelli um i mean a lot of um reported off the pitch um problems um going on at the moment when he's um left uh Cantalau. um was such a um exciting young player and uh, he's got plenty of potential but he's um off the off the pitch incidents is keep holding him back do we do we see him back in the league next season
1: i'm gonna be honest if you on this the, the future of your yes is a huge 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 question mark before this whole incident of him unfortunately getting arrested for weapons and drugs we all thought maybe he was going to be signing with for one of the big Lima clubs or maybe like even going abroad but really I don't think any club wants to risk signing him because after what he did like especially I don't think any of the big Lima clubs or even like Sport boys or like even Cantu want to like sign him or re-sign him because after what he did they don't want to get any bad publicity. I don't even think any of like the province clubs have any of the plans to sign for him because I think he's requesting uh his agent at least is requesting a salary. But if I were to suggest UDL UdLCE something is possibly if you ha- if you want you can always just leave Peru and maybe find try to test your luck somewhere maybe test your luck in Argentina. Or maybe trust your luck in MLS. Like just stay away from the bad environment you're surrounded in Gayao. Just go for a change because if you're if you're gonna be surrounded with t- bad environments that you're not gonna be going anywhere and you're gonna be ending up like John Dessa. I just hope he's doing Sash, so researching everything he could. I hope he finds a like, new club soon because we all know Yuri Osseli is a great talent. The problem is, can he like be disciplined? Because if you don't have discipline, you're not going to be going anywhere.
0: No, and I mean he's only nineteen, so his his career is really at the beginning. He's he's broken at a very young age with such yeah.
1: He's got time. He just he needs to fix it asap.
0: Yeah, definitely. He's got uh, plenty of talent. It's just trying to get focused, hopefully, and we'll we'll keep an eye on what happens with him um, going forwards. Be good to. See him getting on the pitch and see him getting his head right and being able to being able to focus on the football. Um, so, there's some of the some of the bigger um, transfer news at the moment as we're going into the end of the year. I'm sure there'll be much more going on um, as we as we tick over into January. Are there any others that you can think of? We maybe we've missed um, Renato or
1: not really, but there's been a lot. Of some players been being linked with moves to newer clubs and. And so, so I believe we can talk about that next.
0: Yeah, it looks like we have these, these seems to be the key ones. Some of them, um, one of the other ones, I guess, uh, might be worth uh, mentioning. Maybe Franco Zanoletto, um obviously signed by Alianza Lima is now loaned out to Alianza Atletico um for the for the 2022 season. Um that looks like a good good place for him to be able to get a full full season of first team football, doesn't that?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I do think Allianz are Doing the similar formula uh, where they when they sign Jairo Concha, where they sign a really promising talent from San Martin, and then they loan him somewhere where he can get all the experience and then come back for the following season. And as we all know, Jairo Concha was a key player for Alianza to win the 2021 title and could be in line to get himself a move abroad if he does well in the Libertador is set to happen next year. Um as for Franco Zanelato, I do think that he could go on a similar route at Alianza Alerico. I do think he he's guaranteed a start at Alianza Alerico because we Franco Zanelato is a type of a rare player in Peru where he's got the physique, the speed, something so reminiscent of Andre Carrillo, if you ask me. And I do think Alianza are bet are just betting on the future. They see like a player with lots of potential. So they just feel like right now it's best to just loan him or he can get all the experience. And he's, if he does well, they got a ready to make player for the 2023 season.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it seems, it seems a good, uh, it just seems a good route for a lot of the same, these players which see Allianz are doing uh, that with um Contra, like say uh, Cristal do this very regularly with some of their players. So I think it's, it's, it seems good for the, good for the player and good for the team at the moment. Yeah. So, um, so looking uh looking forward to um 2021 too, uh, two, but um a little maybe a little bit look back at 2021 for some of our Peruvian players um, based abroad. Um let's have a little um a little look back and maybe pick out some of our um, key players, key teams um, from 2021. See uh, is there anyone who's who'd you like to raise as a first one, Renato? Someone who's really, really caught your eye and had a great 2021 season abroad.
1: Oh, that's awesome. If I have to pick one, it has to be Alexander Guyans. I mean, you have to think about how this year was the year of Alexander Gions beginning of the year. We all thought he was the last choice in the pecking order for the center backs, and the national team. And when he got his chance, he absolutely won the spot. We haven't seen someone with such a great leadership and great stability in the back line for the national team but you saw you finally realized how much of a great defender he is in MLS like possibly one of the best in the league and to win himself the MLS cup being a major key player is was absolutely great just shows you how much we need our players to be doing so well in in the country and if you want more Peruvians abroad they're gonna have to do well in for their clubs abroad. That's the only way we can get more, we can send more of our players abroad. And another shout I would like to give is to Juan Reynoso, who won it all this year at Cruz Azul by destroying a trophy drought that the club has been been decimating for like for years in the Liga and proving doubters wrong and also like doing like what he did as a player, as a manager at Cruz Azul.
0: Yeah, he's um, been this some this incredible stuff. I mean, for Alexander Kyan's um, to score the uh, final penalty as well, um, to to win the uh, to win the MLS Cup was a uh, great a great achievement for him um, and for Peru itself. And in the national team, it's there's there's been a number of players, in, especially in that centre of defence, where Gareca doesn't seem to. Th- seem to know who's the standouts each one like there's about three or four players who seem to be rotated every so often is depending on form but cayenne seems to be making sure that that's what's his um and he's he's really cementing that place in the national team isn't he
1: yeah i mean as
0: i said i don't one of the problems that we had
1: before guys came to starter was the our defensive work which we were conceding a lot of goals than the in like thing scoring to be honest with you. And in the beginning of the qualifiers, like defending was our main problem. And it didn't help that we just couldn't really think that we did we if we really had replaced Mudo Rodriguez well. And then when we gave Alexander Guides the opportunity, he really transformed our perception on him where we saw him as the one of the last choices to be given an opportunity to now the undisputed starter in the national team where he is now Bench Luis Abram and. He has a good partnership with with Christian Ramos, which is something I would, would think that Christian Ramos would be playing in the national team in the year 2021 is something that um even I just wonder why. But then you see that great partnership in them.
0: Yeah, it's it's really stepped up and that's it's been quite promising looking into the next obviously the next games coming up. So hopefully we can we can see that partnership continue to continue to thrive. Um, I guess a couple of players worth mentioning over at the MLS um, to talk about those, uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz and um, Gayese um, at Seattle and Orlando, respectively, still waiting on understanding where their futures are. It seems like they're just holding out to make sure everything's organised with their with their contracts as they'd like. Um, do you think these these seem to be the best places for them? Obviously, Ruiz Diaz has, has been on fire in the MLS. It's uh, one of the... I mean. <laughs>
1: Uh, first on Reed Diaz, I mean, I think I've heard that he's he wants a raise in his salary, which I, if you ask me, he honestly deserves it. Because if you ask me, Rodriguez is possibly one of the best scorers in the MLS, and he's a machine. And when he play, wears that sound of shirts, he you know, you know, he's gonna score goal. I do think he'll still extend soon. It seems like he settled. a into life in the US, United States since signing for Sounders in 2018, I've been hearing Pedro Gallese is willing to renew Orlando City, but he is asking for some adjustments because he's also requesting uh, a raise, which is also deserved because I do think Pedro Gallese is possibly one of the best keepers in the league. <laughs> in fact, that the, some of the saves that Pedro Gallese makes in MLS are absolutely astonishing to watch.
0: Yeah, and he's um obviously our dispute undisputed number one and it's along he's one of the one of the best goalkeepers in um in the league, like you say, and South America I feel he's uh an incredible, incredible talent. Um so I I'm sure Orlando just they'll be both both parties will be looking to get everything just organized and everyone happy by the end of that. Um we we'll see you talk about um Cruz Azul. Um Yoshima Yotun has uh, left. Um rumours of him possibly going back towards um Orlando City as well. But um other clubs in Mexico as well interested. Where do you where do you see him going?
1: I mean, that really
0: just depends,
1: honestly, where Yotun feels like it. I mean. Yotun's club career has kind of been a bit of a mixed bag, but he'll get the trophies and that's something that he wants. And I don't think he's going to return to Peru just yet. I do think he's still got a few years in him to continue abroad for the sake of the national team's sake. Perhaps I can see him continue his career in Mexico. I know he's been linked with a move to Toluca. There's been also rumors that Monterey has been interested, but also I wouldn't be surprised to see him go back to mls i know that he really had a good time in orlando city and orlando city it really does value you coming back so it's a wait and see so i just hope that tune's getting his club situation sorted out because we need him with a club soon because for peru's sake
0: yeah 100 um and um while we're on the uh, subject of uh liga liga mx um obviously you- a big congratulations to and Santa Maria for um for this year of his side of Atlas um having a fantastic um fantastic victory uh in the Mexican uh, Mexican Puerto. Um he's not quite made it um in the national team. He's on the fringes um in that rotation place, but it's, uh, he's done very well in domestically, hasn't he, this year?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a shame that Santa Maria has had some silly moments with the national team, including a horrendous error. No, two horrendous errors during the Brazil away match, where two of the goals were at his fall, including in sequence where Neymar just stole the ball from him and that's where he gave an assist. But when it comes to Atlas and Liga Mieques, you definitely see a whole different player in Anderson Santa Maria, where He's the voice of the backline. He is possibly one of the best center backs in Mexico, and to see him like gain, be part of a as a key player in a team that will go down in Atlas history for breaking a seventy year trophy drought is just amazing. And to see uh, the our uh, two center backs from Peru, one in the United States and one in Mexico, winning trophies this is absolutely at the end of the year in 2021 is just, is absolutely nice to see
0: yeah definitely it's great great achievement for both and for the clubs themselves um yeah excellent news uh moving across over to europe there's obviously uh, a number of players playing because uh, i think one of the stories of last year for, for um for peruvians was um fcm uh over in the aero divisi it was four peruvian players for a number of for majority of the season um uh one of uh, one of those players especially um sergio pena um has managed to use this that experience to Get himself back into the um national team um he's become a bit um, a much bigger part in the national team unfortunately for um in the club side that uh, mm were relegated um from the era de vc but he's got his new start in sweden he's um been able to play uh in, um champions league football he's been able to um compete in that league for a short period but they've managed to he's joined the side that have won the league um how do it? How, how about you? How are you feeling? I, for, for me, it was a great story. Emin. Um, it didn't have the greatest um, greatest ending, but Sergio Peña's managed to um, make something make something more in Europe for himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, with Pena, it's quite interesting because even though Emin, during in the beginning of the year they were low at the bottom in the previous years of his season, they were set like bouncing up into the table thanks to. Sergio Pena and Miguel Araujo. Unfortunately, I mean, just couldn't save themselves at the end, but Sergio Pena got himself a move to the champions of Sweden. And now he's already a champion after a short time with the club. And he was already been starting for the club as well. It seems like he even found himself playing in a new position and more of an Yotun-like role as the number eight at the club, which is something that you would definitely want to see because Perhaps that could be def- that could be used in the national team at some point, and to see Pena winning a title, it just seems nice because he's playing in a team in a league where he can be the protagonist and all. And I just hope it works out for him. Maybe he perhaps in the you year or two he can get himself a higher move. Maybe he can move to a top five league.
0: Yeah, I have to wait and see how well um, how well he can. Keep pursuing this. Um, obviously, he's in a good position where he is now. So yeah, well, uh, he will be uh, wishing him a lot of luck over in Sweden, and hopefully that transfers into the national team. Um, any other players that you want to you want to raise, uh, especially around around Europe or um, anywhere like that? I want to give a huge
1: shout out to Gustavo Dulantó. We this was an absolute surprise year of him because we all thought that Dulantó was just going to disappear in Moldova. But then we all saw the Dulanto made history with Sheriff Tiraspol by reaching the Champions League group stage and being part of the historical team by defeating Real Madrid in in the UEFA Champions League at their own home. That was just incredible. And even the the defeating Shakhtar Donetsk as well. And the Saints, Dulanto from being like a bit of a failed player in Peru to trying to find himself by building himself over in Portugal and then moving to sheriff and by playing Champions League football it's just great and to see our Peruvian playing that in that competition as well and speaking of Gustavo Dulanto he's been linked to for moved to the Brazilian football. Santos are said to be interested, but even the current Libertadores champions, Palmeiras, are said to be considering sending an offer to the player, which is great to see that. Hope that Dulanto could be getting a move soon to a higher club. Um, Perhaps a move could actually help increase his chances of getting called up to the national team because Gustavo Dulanto is a a common name that's being requested by fans to be called up by Gareca.
0: Yeah, I guess um, where he's been has maybe maybe held him back to a to a degree, but the rapid rise, um, Sheriff. Obviously, um, for anyone who's not familiar with the club, I urge you to uh, have a have a read and um, learn a little bit more. A very um, uh, a very strange a very strange setup over there in Moldova, to say the least. But um, should he not move? Um, in the uh in the in january he's he'll still be going into the europa league they finished third in their group in the champions league so there's still some more um european football available to him if he stays in another um another little period where he can continue to put himself in the window maybe for bigger clubs um on the on the big stage um so yeah and like so he's a a huge player as well so because um um, make a slight difference as, um, compared with some of the other um, central defenders in Peru. Uh,
1: yeah, an, another player I'd like to give a shout-out for of in Europe is Ronaldo Tapia. He's already been continuing after a great 2020 season, and we're definitely seeing a lot of work put in for Ronaldo Tapia in La Liga. Still showing that he's possibly one of the best defensive midfielders in the league with Celta Vigo, and perhaps I can definitely see Tapia make a higher move. 2022 maybe i could see him in a team like atletico madrid or sevilla
0: yeah possibly yeah it's definitely that's um yeah it's definitely something that could happen i mean obviously, it's Sevilla performing pretty well they've had, um a, a very strong side um it's, it's it's definitely a good place for um for him to be um after not really hitting it off in the era of the vc to be able to go across and really really um set his foot in la liga um it's, it's been a great great um, achievement for him and and for a prudent um for peru as a national side is uh is it going to be a big part of the uh the immediate future um so last ones i uh, i think just to wrap up this um proving abroad um was mentioned a little while ago how um uh, our front three will be uh, Lapadula, Quaver, and Carrillo and uh, those two wide players out in um, Saudi Arabia are really um, coming towards the sort of the, the latter stages maybe of their careers, have really um, got a little, bit of a lease of life out there and it's really they're, what they're bringing into the national team has been um, exciting to see. Quaver, um, especially seems to be reg- regaining um, some of that top form that he showed previously.
1: Yeah, I mean, with Carrillo, I mean, now I, during Christmas, he just scored a goal for Al Hilal. And I think, again, in a recent match, he is scoring, which is something that we're definitely going to be needing in order to get confident for the upcoming qualifiers, because we all know Carrillo is a very important player. And I hope the goodness that he is playing on the right wing against Colombia, because the last time he did in the qualifiers, he felt so totally lost on the left side. He's a right-sided player, not a left-sided player guy like that. But Cueva, especially, something that uh, we that's definitely deserves a shout-out. And possibly, I'd say he's been one of our best players for the national team this year, national team-wise, where I feel like this has to be the eliminatoria the Christian Cueva. We've seen his partnership with Gianluca Lapadula, and he's been trying to shut us all up for the snack we spent for him after missing the penalty in Russia against Denmark. But you definitely also see a Cueva who is now focused with his clubs. I guess this is what happens where you take him to a place where all the alcohol is banned so he can stop partying.
0: Yeah, he's uh, off, off the uh, off the pitch antics as somewhat what um, hampered what could have been a, um, possibly a much bigger career um that Quaver, uh could have had but um there's no denying the abilities guys so. okay well um uh, i think that's uh, a good point to wrap up for today um this is the uh, the last one of um 2021 um so we're on the 30th of december we're recording this now so i'd like to wish you all a uh, wish you all a happy new year uh, and we hope to um Keep uh, keep on listening um, throughout twenty twenty two as we look forward to um, another exciting year with the Peruvian Waltz Renato. Um, have a great new year, mate! Any last um, any last comments to end twenty twenty one? Next thing I can say is a happy a happy new year, everyone.
1: Let's just hope that two thousand twenty two it's going to be the, our ticket to Qatar because that the La moment that we need we need to go. The guitar.
0: Yeah, there's so much, so much uh excitement and apprehension coming up for these next uh next two qualifiers. Um very much looking forward to it. So um, we look forward to uh look forward to you um carrying on throughout the rest of twenty twenty two. Renato will um we'll um speak to you soon. Um and thank you very much for listening. We'll see you in twenty twenty two.
1: Mifrin y Cubillas y
0: el gran Pericoleón, Bailón y Alberto Gallardo.